0: work through the growing pains and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to the How She Did That podcast. So I'm not really sure how I was just talking about the beginning of summer, and now somehow we're magically at the tail end of the season. Like, what the what happened? Over at the Launch Guild and over at Team Tasha, we are welcoming fall and winter launch clients. We are welcoming new members to Agency Thrive Mind, and we are prepping for both the Call to Clarity Retreat happening in just a few weeks and Agency Live, which is in October. Now, I got to tell you that dipping my toe in, no, not dipping my toe, jumping fully headfirst into hosting live events this year has stretched me in more ways than I anticipated, but I do love a challenge. And so I am really grateful and proud of both myself and my team for just going on this crazy adventure and trying something new. So this is your official reminder that there is still time to sign up for Agency Live, which is happening October 17th through the 19th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have just released a full schedule and have announced two more speakers. This conference is 100% for you if you're an online agency owner. And whether you've had your agency for a year, three years or more, you are guaranteed to walk away with action steps and ahas to grow your agency and yourself to your next level. So I want you to check it out at TashaBooth.com forward slash agency live. That's all one word, all lowercase agency live and enter code podcast 200 for $200 off your regular admission ticket. I really hope to see you there. Now let's go meet today's guest. My guest today is Annie Sanchez. Annie is not just an online friend, but she's also an in person friend because she happens to live here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where I live. Now, Annie describes herself as a seeker, a navigator of change, a believer in possibility, and the queen of the in between. Annie is on a mission to help people find possibility in the moments that matter most. She coaches sensitive, visionary leaders and entrepreneurs through big change as a strategic and emotional thought partner. Today, Annie is sharing with us, her path through grief and into rebuilding, not just her business, but also herself. So let's go ask Annie how she overcame and moved through grief and into her new level. Annie, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yay. Well, let's start off by you telling us who you are, what you do and who you serve.
1: Sure. Um, So I'm Annie Sanchez. I use she and her pronouns. I am at the heart of what I do is strategic and emotional thought partnership. I do this specifically these days for, I would say, 90% people who identify as folks of color, women of color, queer folks of color, non-binary folks of color, who typically are in some kind of high-level leadership role. They're either entrepreneurs, have their own businesses, whether big or small. Um, I also have a lot of clients in the nonprofit sector, mm. like big philanthropy, big nonprofits, small nonprofits, but they're usually CEOs, EDs, COOs, something in that higher level kind of management leadership territory. Um, and folks, the, the type of folks who come to me, so it's like, okay, these leaderships and the leadership folks, but who they are? Are they're typically really sensitive? Often HSP, like actual bona fide highly sensitive people, mm-hmm. who have experienced some kind of, I'll say, like life shifting grief of some kind, mm-hmm. um, whether it be childhood trauma that they've been working through and they're working with a therapist on that. And then they're realizing they're starting to unlock stuff and they want to do new things either in their lives, work or business, or, you know, tragic loss of somebody in their life, like unexpectedly, or some catastrophic, just unexpected something occurs in their business that doesn't necessarily have to do with death or dying, but it's like rattling in a really Mm -hmm. profound way. Um, Not everything is hard and heavy and sad, but it's like, we go there. Yeah. Um, But I'm also very strategic. So it's like, they come to me because they're wanting to do something big to kind of shake some old way of running things, operating, leading. But then we start getting into this like kind of emotional thought partnership too, because it, to clear the path towards whatever strategic direction they're trying to go.
0: Yeah. And when did you start this part of your business?
1: Hmm. into what it was out the gate. I I founded, my company is Mariposa Strategies mm-hmm. and I started, I founded in 2018. Okay. So I've been doing it for almost five years now.
0: Okay, great. And then, so tell me a little bit about last year. Cause I know that last year was a year of growth for you, but also a year of grief for you. So can you share a little bit of that story and, and what was going on?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to begin. I'll just like jump in somewhere okay. in the middle. Um, yeah, 2022, so that was year 4 in the business for me. Um, as a business, I had been, you know, exponentially growing from one year to the next. 2018 I made like $11,000. 2019 I made 40 something thousand. dollars. 2019 I made like 90,000. 2021 like 100, 101 something like that. 2022 I ended up closing the year at 206. Mm-hmm. It was like doubled um, from 21 to 22 while full-time traveling with my little tiny family, my partner and my cat. Um, so that in and of itself, which sounds, may sound cool, or it used to sound cool, was also really hard mm-hmm. um, to be, un, you know, no, not settled anywhere To as somebody running a business who needs technology and systems and the things. My partner's a musician. We were, we were moving about quite a bit for a year and a half. So that started to kick up a lot. We started that in 2021 and it started to kick up a lot of old funk that had been not acknowledged in a mm-hmm. while. Um, in 2019, I would say that like the thing that really kind of catapulted me into like the depths of my soul in terms of grief were in 2019, so about six months into my business, my sister, my one and only sister, my um, she and I, who up until then were super close. Um, I shared a bedroom with her until I was like mm-hmm. thirty. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we like have done everything together, traveled the world together, lived all over the country together. Very very close. Um, we we but we lost our mom in twenty fourteen, and so from fourteen to nineteen, like we were both just navigating our lives, grieving in our own ways, but differently. Mm-hmm. Um, Come 29, you know, I founded my business in 2018. At this point, my mom is gone. My sister's still in her grief to some degree. I publicly announced my business um, in early 2019. And the day before, she and I had a a really catastrophic fracturing interaction Mm. that has it's never been it just kind of scarred over um and it was really difficult for me as the little sister as a former codependent little sister to not have my big sister in my life particularly as I was like starting this whole new chapter of my of my life mm-hmm. um so 2019 and 20 but I was like doing my thing anyway and when we were living full-time travel 21 and 22 and a little more put 2022, but not in our own space. I had the opportunity for the first time. I now realize even a year later in retrospect, you know, we're recording this in 2023 Mm -hmm. that I was like this old, deep grief, not just from my sister and I not being in relationship with each other, which was a huge part of it, but the ways in which I grieved and didn't grieve and didn't get to grieve together, the loss of our mom. Um, Like there's just, there was so much that had occurred Mm -hmm. over the last like 10 years, frankly, that was like 2022, no exaggeration. I think I was laying on the floor crying probably 90% of the time, Mm -hmm. if not every single day. Mm -hmm. Just just, and not even fully knowing, like I knew I was sad. I knew I, like I missed my sister, but wasn't like trying to, it was like, I wasn't trying to solve anything. I was just feeling the depths of loss and aloneness because at this point now I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been in business, you know, four years and it's no longer just a little baby business. Like I'm like doing things. I've now made six figures two years in a row. And I'm hiring people and doing like, I'm already like sunsetting old offer. Like it's evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and entrepreneurship, as you know, is like the single fastest path to personal development and personal growth and introspection over anything we could yeah. possibly do. Like every day <laughs> we are tested and challenged to like show up as we are, who we are, who am I, who, to testing our confidence, our self worth, et cetera, et cetera. And so 2022 was just, it was, I feel like when I think about last year, like all I did was cry. Mm -hmm. Like, how did I do anything else?
0: Yeah. I was going to ask, like, when you're in that space, like, how did you, how did you show up for clients? How did you show up to continue business? (laughs) How did that work?
1: I, let's see, how did that work? I had been doing one of the primary sources of revenue in my business up until the end of last year. I sunsetted something major in 22. Um, I I have a community called the Women of Color Culture Club that I started in 2019. Mm -hmm. And I've been running cohort spaces for 11 cohorts. I just finished the last, the 11th and final cohort early 2023. And so that was something that I Continue to do through 2022. I can do it with my eyes closed. Like I show up and just get to hold sacred space. Like it's like I already have the framework. I already have the tools. All the things in place. Um, So I continued to do cohorts. I think I did three. No, I did two in 2022, cohort nine and ten. But that does not equal two hundred (laughs) thousand dollars. What else did I do? I I I. There was a bunch of things. Like in the first six months of the year, there heavily for the first six months, which was some of the deepest crying and grief Mm -hmm. and considering. Um, And like looking at the business, like who am I now, even not grieving, like what is, who am I now moving into Mm -hmm. my fifth year? So I had this, I actually have, there's a post-it on my wall here that you can see. It's like a list of, it was like an internal audit. Like what are all the offers I've put out there over the last years? Which ones were paid? Which ones were free? Which one got yeses? Which ones didn't? which ones have systems, which ones don't. And where like scouring through to find the really good stuff. Like, oh, I could like combine some things. So I was doing some, a lot of trial, um, almost like last ditch effort when I think of it on this side. Like, let me just try this thing. Like, I haven't tried this thing. Let me try this one more time. Like in the way that I launched cohorts as well, because I actually did a really, my first really complex launch strategy for the Women of Color Culture Club for the 11th cohort um, in the, towards the end of 2022. Internally, I had thought cohort 10 would be the final, but I'm like, you know what? I want to do it one more time. And I want to try the launch in a different way, more complex, more comprehensive than I'd ever done before, more strategically. Let's see how that goes. Let's try that. Um, so there was a lot of that, like, let me try this. Let me try that. And unrelated to the cohorts or culture club, like just other random kind of offers that had been bubbling inside of me. So it was like 10,000 here, 20,000 here, 15,000 here, little bits here and there, Mm -hmm. um, private coaching. I had private coaching clients at the beginning of the year. I had like one or two, um, I, yeah, one or two. And as I moved into the second half of the year, one of the things that I had been sitting with is like, I, all I really want to do is coach. I'm an excellent coach in the beginning, in the early days, I was like, I don't think I'm very good at this. I, this, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then as the years went on, I'm like, I'm excellent. Cause it's not just coaching. There's a lot of like strategic thought partnership Mm -hmm. and it's not just business coaching and it's not just life coaching. It's I'm really both. and. And so I was like, what? I had somebody reach out to me last year in the middle of the year and say they were referred. It was like a, almost a frantic email. Like, I need you. I'm in. What do I have to do? I'm like, let's have a, co- let's have a call <laughs> and let's leave and see if we like are the right fit. Anyway, it was like a big yes for me. Mm-hmm. She was great. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Like, this is the kind of energy that I want to, not frantic energy, but like, a, you are my coach and I haven't even met you yet. Right. Like, and yes, we get to decide that we're not the right fit. But I, I'm like that. I don't, how can I replicate that? And and with her, and then the following three clients, I have like seven clients right now. There, I've my prices exponentially increased, mm-hmm. um, like double, like big double, <laughs> like big double. Um, <laughs> and so that made a huge impact on my revenue. Mm-hmm. And created so much spacious time so that I could continue to cry and be mm. my own messy self in between, like I wasn't jam-packed with all these launches and cohorts and this yeah. stuff I'm like, less, less is more. That mm. is what I need right now. And all of a sudden, like when I pulled my head up from the weeds at the end of the year, it was like, "How on earth?" And then there were a couple I do a strategic um, like strategic planning consulting work. It's a very small percentage of my work. It used to be the main thing in the early days, but it or one of the main things. Um there were two really significant contracts that I that I closed last year and mm-hmm. actually those clients have, were wrapping them up this year. Um so between that and coaching and then some random splatter like little baby launches, it ended up being a $206,000 year and I cried through most of it. That's the thing is I allowed myself to cry and I invested really heavily in spaces where I could cry and like Mm. heal and grieve and be held because I'm holding space all the time. Yeah. I needed to be held. And so I was like insatiably in search of the spaces that felt right for me. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I think one of the things that I want to pull out specifically from that and really make sure our audience hears is the fact that you were, that you charged enough to give yourself the space and time that you needed to grieve, you know, because so many of us are underpricing ourselves. And so we, we end up on this like hamster wheel of like, I have to keep up and I can't stop because I, if I, if I stop, everything burns down or everything falls apart because I'm not charging enough. Um, and so, having that space to be a person, to like feel things, and to live life, and to grieve—you know—it it, like that was created from you. Part of that was created from you charging enough to give yourself that space.
1: Hmm. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's like it all. Everything felt so random, almost as, as it was all occurring. But when I think back, it's like no, there were like strategic. Yeah. Efforts and points mm-hmm. and actions made. And yeah, like if I hadn't charged, what, if I had been charging my old prices, which still were legitimately high ticket, oof, it would have been a very different year yeah. at the mm-hmm. end. It would have been scary. It was scary. Mm-hmm. It was even scary in between when I wasn't sure how I was going to, like at the right. first half of the year, I think I'd made like 40,000 mm-hmm. by May. So I ended up making like 160 in the final wow. six months of the year. Like it was a pretty, when it like clicked, it clicked and I'm like, yeah. oh shit. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. So I know that one of the things you mentioned that you are, or one of the people that you invested in during this time was a rest coach. Oh, can, can you yes. tell us about that? Because that sounds dreamy and I, <laughs> yes, tell us everything. <laughs>
1: okay. Yes. Everybody needs to like, to, needs a rest teacher period. Mm-hmm. What I thought rest was Prior to this work, I now realize it is not. Mm. <laughs> it was not like we need sleep. We need naps, absolutely. But this is not that. Um, in during my full time travel life, at a hotel on our way to wherever we were going, I remember feeling exhausted, laying in the hotel room, just exhausted. Mm. And I, I was scrolling on my phone, and I came across. Somebody that I followed already on Instagram, I came across an opening, an application opening for a rest based mastermind as it was framed, which I didn't love the naming of mastermind because that just feels too st- almost structured mm-hmm. to me. I'm like, can it just be less like that? Like just... Um, anyway, and it was somebody that I deeply respect and already respected and, uh, and then looked to for guidance in different ways. So I applied, um, and it was a group, it was specifically for Black women and women of color. Mm-hmm. and led by a black woman. And I when I applied, I I remember saying like I would, you know, if there are indigenous women or black women that need this space over me, like I'm a woman of color, I identify as a woman of color. I'm Latina, but I don't want to take the space of a black woman or an indigenous woman if you're filled up. And she was like, "Oh my." And like she accepted my application and I didn't even know what I was getting into. <laughs> All I knew is that I liked the sound of rest and I respect her. Um, and it, became, it was a six month long cohort um, with Octavia Rahim. And she's based in Atlanta and has been a yoga practitioner and a yoga nidra teacher and a restorative rest teacher for like 15 or 20 years. She used to have a yoga studio, um, a rest-based restorative yoga studio in, in Atlanta. Um, in West Atlanta, and started this program, this space, this sacred space. It's like, it's program, mastermind, like these words do not do it justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like not the right, you need labels for things, but that's not. And so we started working together in a real intimate cohort of all, you know, women of color, black women from around the country. And we were learning about, learning about and resting together. But learning about the necessity, the research-backed necessity of restorative-based yoga and rest-based practices for people, um, for people of color, for people, for survivors of trauma and violence. And it, it literally changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no question. Um, I used to be somebody who... I, I almost went to sommelier school, like about 15, 20 years ago. I'm a wine girl. Like I don't drink, I don't drink, I don't drink anymore. I stopped drinking alcohol wow. last year. Like something told me I just need, I need to not, because mm-hmm. even a glass of champagne at that point last year was giving me a headache. And so I'm like, you know what, let me just take a pause here. And it's a big deal. So now from over a year, like I just, I'm someone who doesn't drink anymore, which is almost unreal. Um, I have a really dedicated rest practice that looks kind of like meditation, but it's like, it's through the practice of yoga nidra, which is an ancient, you know, it's an ancient tradition from that's like written in the sutras and comes from the Himalayas, Himalayas, and is, it's about like, I can't say it in the right way exactly, but it's, it it's like a rewiring of our nervous system mm. and our mind with like safe, 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 deep, deep, deep rest that doesn't go into the sleep territory. It's like you hover. I like to think of it as beach sleep when you kind of doze on the beach and you mm-hmm. can hear the sounds, but you're like not. It feels like that when you can get there, like the liminal space between mm-hmm. sleep and awake. and is just divine and sacred and beautiful and learning from Octavia and her rest teacher, Dr. Gail Parker and Tracy Stanley. I'm now studying under Tracy Stanley and Chanti Takaronte Perez, who also worked with Octavia for a long time. Um, And so it's like this, it's a commitment, like anything, it's a dedication to, to practice every day. And I'm not always great at doing it every day, But even if I can lay down, I have a nest, a rest nest in my office that's dedicated to, it's like pillows and blankets and all of the things to all the props so that when I lay down, not just flat on my back on the floor, but in a really nestled, supported laying down position, pose, Mm. and then doing a guided yoga nidra practice that I, I wake up, I come out of it after, you know, anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. Feeling rested, it's amazing. Without sleeping, it's mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing. So there's, there's been a teaching on how to actually allow myself to lay down and pause for thirty minutes in the middle of the day in my office, mm-hmm. um, and how to prioritize laying down and resting my body, mm-hmm. even when it feels like there's can't I don't have time. I've got to do this contract. I got to reach out. I got to reply. It's like there I there's always
0: enough time. Yeah. You know, Thank you. yeah. I'm a huge proponent. Well, I'm a huge proponent of naps. So my yes, <laughs> that is like literally the whole rest as a revolutionary act is one of the tenets of one of my programs, Agency Thrive Mind, because so many people think that in order to grow, you go faster and you go harder and you push more. And it's so much the opposite, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I've always been from as long as I can remember, like I always tell a story of like, my parents never gave me a bedtime because I always put myself to bed earlier than they ever did. (laughs) And so I always just like intrinsically knew that that was really important to me. Um, and so, yes, I'm one of those people that, especially on days that I'm just like, I cannot anymore. That is my indication of like, I need to walk away and go lay down. Yes. And so go, go create space between whatever I'm feeling and whatever I need to solve, you know, that, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. The solutions come yeah. so with so much ease. It's funny, like funny, not funny mm-hmm. when we're trying to grind our way to a solution to the end to like just a few more things. And it just feels, particularly when it comes to launches, it's so yes. they can be anything business in that way. is So intense. Like we just got to grind it out. And the, the result is always crappy if we don't actually pause. But if we allow ourselves to go down and take a nap, yes, take a day away or a few days away, it's like, how can I do this? It's like, no, you're going to actually come back with so much more energy, so much clear, more clarity, rested eyes, rested mind, mm-hmm. rested anxiety.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yes, oh, love it all. Annie, thank you so much for this conversation. I so appreciate you. We will have all the info on where people can find you and learn more about you on the um podcast show notes. But I I am so glad, first of all, we live in Al- we both live in Albuquerque, <laughs> which is crazy in and of itself. But the only place we've ever met in person so far is in San San Juan, Puerto Rico, which is like of all places, right? <laughs> so but I'm so glad we met and I'm so glad we've gotten to spend some time together. And, um, I just look forward to our, our friendship growing even more because you are a gem and I appreciate you.
1: The feeling is mutual. Thank you so much. So, so <laughs> much, Tasha.
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, be sure to head over to tashaboothcom forward slash podcast to read the show notes and learn more about my upcoming programs, masterclasses, and live events. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe. Until next time.